The world's most advanced color correction tool for Mac just got more powerful. DaVinci Resolve from Blackmagic Design. With XML import, export, multi-layered timelines, curve grading, noise reduction, stabilization, 3D alignment, OpenCL, and more. DaVinci Resolve is available from $995. Current users can download the updates for free. And try DaVinci Resolve Lite, a reduced featured version that's still packed with power. Visit www.blackmagicdesign.com. What, in addition to the right equipment, does it take for the job of film editing? Welcome to The Cutting Room, the official podcast of AOTG.com. And this episode, I have a... Well, this is one of the more interesting episodes I did for NAB. I actually got to sit down with Al Mooney, who's the product manager at Adobe Premiere Pro. And we talk about Premiere Pro and then take a huge sidestep and end up talking about Adobe Edge and the potential of integrating Adobe Edge with Premiere. Now, Edge is actually a replacement for Flash, and when I checked the website out to make sure I had the link for people to check out, it's actually been broken into multiple tools now, and you can get it in the Creative Cloud. My questions for Al actually delve into the possibilities of an audience as an active participant and kind of expands on my interview with the Be Real team who did the Wilderness Downtown project. In the meantime, this conversation sort of drifts a bit off of Premiere Pro into Edge, and I think you'll enjoy it. So here's my interview with Al Mooney. Uh, So yeah, hi, I'm Al Mooney. I'm the product manager for uh, video editing at at, at Adobe, which basically means I'm the product manager for uh, Premiere Pro. Uh, that means I'm kind of in charge of the, the feature set, the strategy, the direction where we're, where we're taking our, our beloved NLE. This NAB is tremendously exciting for us because we're revealing all the next versions of our professional video and audio products. So that's new versions of Premiere Pro. That's obviously the thing that's nearest to my heart, but I care a lot about the other stuff too. You have a new version of After Effects, Speed Grade, Prelude, etc. and Audition. Um, so we're just showing off all the, all the stuff we've been working on for the last year. So this is always, you know, NAB is always the culmination of all the hard work we've been doing. And it's, it's, it's so exciting to be able to kind of reveal it to the public. So um, with specific regards to Premiere Pro, what we've done with the next version is really just built on the enormous success we saw with CS6. So we've been building this product passionately for a long time. But CS6, I think, in some ways was a bit of a turning point for us because what we did with 6 was we just made a product that people really loved editing with. You know, before that, we had 5 and 5.5, 5, and they were very powerful applications. We built them 64-bit with the Mercury engine, you know, able to support all these complex sequences of 4K, 5K, and beyond. But I think it's fair to say that with 5 and 5.5, 5, we focused more on the, the engine than we did on the editing experience. Then with 6, that all changed. We rebuilt the user interface, you know, really focusing on the media and a whole new sort of uh, new thinking about the way people cut. And because of that, we've seen tens of thousands of people switch to Premiere Pro as their primary nonlinear editor. And because of that, we get huge amounts of feedback and we really pride ourselves. It's very, very, very important to me and, and us in general, you know, to engage with the editing community, listen to what they need, understand their problems and, and really try to sort of solve them in, in, in modern and powerful ways. So what you see in Premiere Pro in this version is, you know, huge numbers of new or rethought editing features. So, you know, hundreds of new keyboard shortcuts, a redesigned timeline that just presents critical information much more clearly, new multicam workflows, things like paste attributes, just things that the community need and want in order to be able to work very fast. So that's a sort of area I would call editing finesse. It's a sort of a group of uh, features that when you start sitting in front of the app and cutting, you start, you know, 
I said last night, I think it's going to make people grin. I think when you sit down and start working your way around it, you're going to be just sort of, there'll be smile, a smile on your face because you're going to go, oh my God, I can do these things so much faster than I could before. Now, for when you're doing something like that, because you were saying you built the engine, the engine runs. Yeah. Uh, and then it's almost, you know, now you got to design it and make it more user-friendly. Sure. Uh, but how do you do sort of that timeline redesign or that timeline touch-up so that it's still familiar to the editors, but it gives you more power, it gives you without, you know, alienating the... That, that is an excellent question, and I think the really the answer is develop it with real editors and have them with you as, as you develop stuff, right? What we don't do... Uh, and I just don't think it's a very good, th sensible thing to do, is, is, you know, design and build a feature and then say, hey, what do you think of this? Because if they say, we don't like it, then it's like, oh, well, damn, we got that wrong. What we do is we iterate, right? So we have a very active pre-release where we, we, we bring a, a lot of editors from different walks of life, different types of editors, you know, everything I said this last night as well, everything from the guy in his bedroom cutting cat videos to, to sort of Hollywood film editors and everything in between. To describe the process a little, you know, we start with... What are the pain points? What are the problems? What are we not doing right now that you would like us to do? Or what, what problems aren't we solving? And then by working with these people as we iterate how to solve the problem, you know, every step of the way we're getting feedback. And, and if the feedback says you're doing it wrong or it doesn't work or I don't like it, um, then we'll change it. That's the, and that's how we know we're building the right stuff. With regards specifically to the timeline redesign, I guess the focus was just as how can we, as simplistically as possible, present potentially complex information so it's things like you know you can look at a clip and see just with one little badge you can tell what's going on with it with with the effects on that clip whether or not parameters have been adjusted um, you, you've got things like duplicate frame indicators through edit indicators all this different information which if you draw it cleanly uh, just enables people to just look and know something and when as people cut more and more Long-form stuff, more complex sequences, more stuff going on. That's sort of increasingly important. It's interesting that you would say that because uh, I always... I don't know if you've tried the new MySpace. Do you know, I have... I did. I, have, I made myself an account. Maybe. I'm, a, I'm a real music fan, yeah. so but I made an account. I almost find that it's over-designed to the point where I couldn't figure it out. It's interesting. Uh, I, I didn't spend that much time there, to be honest. I'm well, not... I was trying to see what their design was like. Right, it interesting. It looks so nice. Okay. But yeah, it certainly like, looks nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then, I, you know, there was things like music started playing. I'm like, how do I turn this off? Okay, <laughs> that's know, annoying. You know, and they yeah. eventually find it. Yeah. So how do you make sure that you don't get past that point? Because when you're in your head designing or building something... <clears throat> You're so focused, right? Yeah, look, I mean, I think that there is always a challenge when you make a complex application. And Premiere Pro is, is there's no doubt about it. It's a complex app you can do, by which I mean you can do so many things with it. But, you know, you must never confuse complex with difficult to use. Those two things are, in my mind, very separate. Complex means a lot can be achieved. Difficult to use means I don't know how to do it. Every time we put a new feature in Premiere Pro, which we do a lot, obviously, that's what we're talking about here, we make a real effort to ensure that it's as intuitive to someone who already knows Premiere Pro as possible. So a couple of examples. We've added very powerful closed captioning workflows inside, inside this new version. And that was, again, as always, a response to the pain points of editors. You know, editors were saying we, it's ridiculous that we, when we're repurposing content that's already been captioned, that it's still going out to a caption house to be recaptioned. I mean, it's the, the, the media already has captions in it. Mm -hmm. So what, what we were being asked for by broadcasters was bring the captions in, edit the captions, and be able to export them. But the way we designed that feature was to be very 
obvious to someone who already knows how to edit. So if you want to edit the captions, you use the captions panel and it looks and feels and basically works just like the marker panel does, which you already, you know, as an editor, you probably already know how to use. When you put a clip with captions embedded or, or just a caption clip on a timeline, it looks and feels exactly like a piece of video and you edit it like a piece of video. It's always a challenge and I don't think anyone gets it right all the time, but I think the, the critical thing is present these things as cleanly as you can and use sort of established methodologies as much as possible and iterate, 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 iterate with people and make sure that you're not building something that's confusing. That's yeah. kind of the way I would look at that. Okay. Now, what about the, because um, like when I watched the demo about a week ago, or two weeks ago, I guess now, you guys had the script sort of sync. Sure, yeah. Which, as a, as a doc editor, as a someone... So it's not ScriptSync, that's another company's application. Sorry, no, no, sorry, no, no, no. Like no, no, I'm joking. Yeah. yeah, so we've actually had that for a while. So the news is that that's coming to Prelude, and actually Prelude is probably a more sensible mm -hmm. place for it. We have an application, one of our applications is called Adobe Story, a tagline that we've been using for, for a few years now, and I've, I like that we've been using it for a few years because it shows that we're sort of dedicated and we're not ch changing the strategies. Script to screen. So story is the script part, and, and you know there's a whole workflow with all the applications. So Story is a script writer. It's become a very big, powerful, and yet lightweight cloud-based app. We've seen huge adoption. We've got guys like um, Coronation Street and Emmerdale in the UK. I know you know this, but that's really exciting for us. They're using it not just as a script writing tool, but also as a scheduler or a scheduler or whatever. Uh, <laughs> I never know which is right anymore. It's like syllabus. Or yeah, yeah, exactly. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, aluminum, I don't know. Um, anyway, so they're using, it, you know, they're using it to sort of manage the whole production pipeline. What we're trying to do always, and that, you know, we're always trying to make this better is have a completely integrated workflow from script to screen. So if you've got a script in story, a script is actually one of the most rich sources of metadata that you could possibly think of. And we know that metadata is boring. We know that people don't want to spend time sitting in front of, a, of an application writing log notes or describing what's happening. You know, it's, and, and therefore, a lot of times it just doesn't happen. But you've got to have a script if you're, writing, if you're making drama. And you've got to have, a you know, in that script will be, these are the characters, these are the props, this is the direction, this is what's happening, this is how the camera's moving. So if you can bring all that stuff into the production pipeline in a sort of automated way, then that metadata becomes, it becomes metadata and it becomes very valuable. So the, that particular example is, with, we, we could do this in Premiere Pro in the last couple of versions, but new in Prelude is, you can import the script, and new in both apps is this thing called the story panel, which makes it a much cleaner way, it's a cleaner and more intuitive way of, of doing it. There's a story panel, you can see the scenes right inside the app, so no moving around, and basically you can just pick a scene up and drag it on, onto a clip or clips. And that's associating the, the, the script metadata, or making it metadata, right, putting it in the, in the media. And at that point you can then do, you can use our speech-to-text engine, which analyzes audio and gives you a time-aligned speech track. Because the script is in the media as metadata, the speech-to-text engine points at the script, or refers to, I should say, refers to the script, and therefore you get extremely high accuracy. So you're then able to do things like, you know, search for words and use the words to make edits, which is a, a very different way of looking at cutting well, the picture. You, you, you touched on all this, you know, there's so much media now, but also it can go anywhere, right? Like it's going up on YouTube, it's going on YouTube, yeah. whatever. Um, one of the things I've been playing with uh, from Adobe recently was Adobe Edge. Mm -hmm. And right now, a lot of places are like, you know, finish your cut, send it out to YouTube or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but has there been talk or I, 
discussion around being able to bring something like Edge into Premiere? So I think I so I can talk a little bit to, to what I think you're getting at. I mean, I, I think the future of the way people will be watching stuff is it's going to be a lot more tailored. So we're going to understand, you know, and we, we have a lot of technology in, in, in this company so that you can understand a lot about the person who is watching it. You know, what's the demographic? What are they interested in? You know, and it's a, it, could, it could be seen as slightly sinister, but whatever. I mean, the technology exists, right? So I think you're going to see more and more as, 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 we, as, as sort of broadcast, for want of a better expression, you know, transmission, giving picture to people as, as it develops. I think you're going to see more tailoring, and I think that, that the, the technology to make that happen is, is partly content intelligence. So it's like, you know, let's say I'm holding a, I'm holding a bottle of drink on shot, and it's, I know that the, the broadcast market is you know, 60-year-old English dudes. I'm going to make that a bottle of beer. Yeah. But if I know it's 15-year-old, you know, super groovy kids, I'll probably make it an energy drink. And, and I think intelligent replacement of stuff based on the awareness of your market it's going to happen more and more, and the way you do that is by content intelligence, by knowing the market. It's by tagging. I mean, look at something like Story, where you can now literally tag single words and say, "Here's a thing." So, if someone, you know, another good example is, let's say someone is wearing a particular pair of trainers on, you know, and it's like I'm a I'm a consumer, but I'm watching a drama. And I'm like, oh my god, those trainers are the coolest trainers I've ever seen. It should be easy in a product placement sense for me to go tell me where I can buy that pair of yeah. trainers take me to the online store know my shoe size right <laughs> so I think you, that's going to happen more and more like I say it's, it's, it, it's, it's a fledgling thing um, but, you, but you look at it's about intelligent metadata it's about tagging it's about knowing your market I think, the, I think in the future you're going to be able to engage with media in a different way which is to say that instead of you know everything's still very linear so if I watch you know I've watched the whole series of Doctor Who right like the whole, like all the way back to the 70s? Yeah, or? well, no, let's, let's just take the new one, the, the, the last six yeah. ones, but since the beginning. And there, there are certain characters that have been involved every time, and there are story arcs. We know through tagging and metadata, in this because we've made it, we know exactly when someone's, you know, when a character is in the story, or when, uh, you know, a, a, a certain spaceship, or whatever it might yeah. be. So I think that, it, I think in the future you're going to see the ability to, because all that stuff is, 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 enriched with metadata and tagged that the that the viewer should be able to say you know what remind me what rose's story arc is yeah. just show me that today and we'll just pull those pieces out and we'll tell you her story and then you can come back do you see what i mean so yeah, be being awesome. able to sort of move into and out of something based on the fact that we know what's going on i think that's something that's very interesting and i mean i'm not saying that we, that we that we've, we've done that yeah, yeah. yet but but so i'm sort of scared of the editors now <laughs> like, well the world's changing yeah. dude and we you know there will always be, and I really believe this, there's, there will always be the need for beautiful, high-quality content. People are always going to want to sit down and watch a lovely movie. You know, I, I used to work in the music industry, and everyone was absolutely paranoid when, when the tools became cheap and an MP3 happened, and it's like, oh, my God, no one's going to care about music anymore, and that's absolutely... People still will go and buy something that's beautiful and good, and I think that will always exist. It just changes the... It sort of ups the bar and it changes the way people look at it, right? If everything's available, I'm more likely to look for the good stuff, you know? Yeah. So I, I don't think the editors should be frightened because I think you're always going to need... And I don't think the music, the sound engineers yeah. should be frightened. You've just got to adapt, right? Don't be frightened of change. Engage. But be... Co exactly. Engage with it and just... And if if you are a skilled storyteller or a skilled... Sorry, I keep using the music analogy, but skilled storyteller or a skilled musician or a skilled artist, you will always be that. 
it's just the means to, you know, the means of engagement are changing and the means of creation are changing. Well, that's big thinking. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So, I mean, you look at you look at the, some of the technology that's in Prelude. I mean, tagging, like temporal tagging, is mm. fascinating to me. It's like we've got a great demo where we sort of tag up a football match. Sorry, a soccer match, real football, right? Yeah. Uh, and and you know, we just goals are tagged, and it's like we just go right, search for goals, throw them on the timeline, and I've made a goal highlight package. And just because I know that it's happened, as opposed yeah. to me having to scrub through a timeline and find it, and yeah. You know, so again, editors shouldn't be scared. That sort of stuff enables them to get to a certain place faster, which means they can be more creative more quickly. Right? I think it also. I think I just get excited about it because it's like we don't know where it's going, and so something like. You know, the Johnny Cash project was an experiment. And there's going to be you know, several more experiments coming that somehow are going to push us as editors to think outside the box. Yeah, and bring it on. I mean, I think that's wonderful. I, I, you know, I'm sure when I'm 70, I'll be terrified of all change. But you know, at the moment, I think it's great. You know, the world, things have to move on and things have to change, and we have the technology to do it. So let's all embrace it, right? That was my interview with Al Mooney. I'd like to thank Al. I'd like to thank everyone at Adobe. What a fantastic group of people. I was blown away by them at NAB, not just their products, but more the people behind it, which was kind of nice because it was a friendly group of people that I felt like I could go have a beer with them afterwards. So definitely check out their stuff. Go to adobe.com, go to aotg.com and search for Adobe and you'll see a ton of links. You'll see a little post on aotg.com for this interview and with that we'll have links you can get Al Mooney on Twitter. It's twitter.com slash Al underscore Mooney. Of course, you can always get me on Twitter at Art Guillotine. Or you can get us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Art Guillotine. I'm Gordon Burkell. Thanks for listening.